0: to the Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. There she is, and we are back, and we are glad to be with you on the study of the Acts of the Apostles. Hopefully so far you have continued uh, following along with the story of the Apostles and what happened in the book of Acts. Um, we really wanted to present this from the historical perspective, so that we could look at the Scripture in the way uh, of the story and what happened, um, which has led to digging in for a lot of details and finding a lot of information, things that are not written in the Scriptures directly, um, but a lot of commentary and uh, historical data to give us an idea, an image, or a picture of what was going on during the Acts of the Apostles. We know uh, from the beginning that Christ ascended into heaven and the apostles went out uh, to preach the gospel. The gospel went to the Jews first, and then it went to the Gentiles. Every city um, that Paul or Peter would enter into to preach the gospel, they would always go to the synagogue first, and they would present the gospel to the Jews um, because it was very important that the people of God would hear that Messiah, Mashiach, had come to save them from their sins. And so they would go there and they would preach the gospel, and then they would preach on to the Jews. Um, the church itself, starting in Jerusalem, really spreading out from there under persecution and going out into the uh, areas of Judea and to the nation of Israel. Um, then it would it would spread out a little bit further into the Gentile areas and Gentile nations so that the gospel would go into all the world so that everyone who heard it would have the opportunity to be forgiven and um Of their sins and to find repentance to the name of Jesus. So we come down to Acts chapter 16 and we're going to pick up the story from there. Uh, We remember at the end of Acts chapter 15 that uh, Paul and. Silas. Paul and Silas and.
1: Barnabas and Mark.
0: Ah, yes. They've all split up and gone their separate ways um, because there was a disagreement about who should travel with who, and Paul was not happy. He wanted someone who was dedicated to the gospel and the cause um, to continue to follow. So we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 16, verse 1.
1: Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman woman who was a jewess and believed but his father was a greek which was well reported of by the brethren that were at lystra and iconium him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek.
0: So we, what we've got in verse 1 here is is come down to Timothy. If you know anything about your Bible, you're going to know that there's some scripture there that is written by Timothy, which is this young man. Um, Paul had found Timothy and wanted to bring him along, but he wanted to circumcise him because the Jews, knowing that the Jews would not listen to an uncircumcised man. Um, Timothy was uh, really a young man. He This was uh, several years after this. He's appointed over the church of Crete, um, where in interestingly enough in first Timothy chapter four, verse 12, and I'm going to read that real quick, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of how young Timothy was here. He writes of this, uh, in Timothy, uh, four 12, and he says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Um, he really felt like this some people were a little bit spiteful about how young he was, um, because and and the scripture doesn't give us any indication of if he was a teenager, you know, eighteen, nineteen, or if he was in his twenties or something like that. Um, but I think from some of the the writings that I read, he was probably in his early twenties here, and a lot of uh, congreg- congregational leaders were generally older men. Um, they were thought to be more uh, aged in wisdom and you know wiser. So uh, Timothy had to combat that a little bit. Um, so then Paul goes on to say that he wanted to he circumcised them himself, uh, and we also see this in First Corinthians uh, chapter nine verse twenty, where Paul says, "And unto the Jews I became a Jew that I might gain the Jews." to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. So here it was this idea that he was going to circumcise Timothy because he wanted to present him to the Jews as a Jew, um, as he was circumcised, so they would listen. So Paul was advocating, you know, um, if this is what we need to do to reach them, then then we're going to do this, um, because we didn't want to be a stumbling block or a hindrance to the Jews.
1: And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem.
0: Right. So we remember back there were the four rules that were given to the Jews um, or the Gentiles. I'm sorry, the four rules that were given to the Gentiles that they should follow. And so here they are, they're preaching these four rules again uh, to the Gentile nations.
1: And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas. And the vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia, and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them.
0: Okay. So, uh, there's interesting, this is very interesting here. So they're, they're looking at, um, pre-consular Asia, um, which was the area of Ionia, uh, Alicia, Lydia, these are the, the seven churches of Revelation are also in this Asia that they're told not to go into. Um, it's very interesting that the Holy Spirit did not want them going here and preaching the gospel yet. Um, and it was probably because it was inhospitable. Um, the people were not prepared. They weren't ready to hear this. They weren't ready to hear the gospel. And so the Holy Spirit turns them away and he does it twice um, to turn them to where he wants them to go. Um, and then there is a vision that is had. Can you read that real quick for me? A vision? Yeah, there was a vision. Oh,
1: and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them.
0: Right. So there's a, this could be a vision or dream. Nobody really knows. It doesn't, and the scripture doesn't give us a clear indication of uh, what he saw there. uh encouraged to go to Macedonia. Um, so picking up from there.
1: Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, Semroth- and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither, right, thither.
0: thither. So uh, basically what happens is they go into the city, and uh, on the Sabbath day they go out by uh, the river. Uh, there's a, pa- a place of prayer there. So the synagogue that is located in the city is by this river, um, and when they come down to the river, they realize that there there's these women that are sitting there, and um, continue on.
1: And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Zyratira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us.
0: All right. So real quick, uh, going back a little bit there. So there's a woman who's listening to them preach and she uh, believes and she has baptized all of her her and her household. Um, a lot of uh, people believe this is one of the instances where infant baptism comes in because her whole household was baptized. Um, and it only indicates here in the scripture that she was the only one who believed. It doesn't say everyone believed. Um, but... Uh, I there are things that we know that are not written down. And I really honestly, you know, the scripture says, repent and be baptized. So there's this repentance that needs to come first before anyone is baptized. Um, So in this instance, I tend to accept that her, this woman and her household um, heard them preaching. And they all believed and they were baptized um, because that would follow along with what the scripture commands us to do. Um, now there's some who are going to say that um, the baptism of her family could just be a symbol of God's grace upon her family because she's believed and, um, you know, maybe they haven't believed yet, but they're going to and all of that. But uh, here I really think it follows along with what the scriptures teaching us is that we must repent of our sins first and then be baptized. And so she listens. And so this woman is obviously uh, Jewish. Um, she is a Jew who is believing. She's at the synagogue. She's here at prayer time. She's obviously uh, worshiping the Lord. Um, God that she knows, she's heard of Messiah who has come and died, and she's accepted this, which is fantastic. And so then she constrains them. Uh, the word constrain here in the scripture really means to uh, detain, really not against their will, but to um, to beckon, to ask them to stay, um, to plead a little bit, to say, would you please stay? You know. So she's constrained them.
1: And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which shew shew unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour.
0: All right, so this is really interesting. This story is really interesting. Um, So the spirit of divination that was in this young girl, she was probably, um, and actually we'll see this in a little bit here, Um, she was controlled and owned by uh, others, these men. And they would use her um, as a way to make money. So she had a spirit of divination where she would, uh, she could speak a partial truth, or she could, um, you know, she could give. It's almost like palm reading. She had this ability, this this thing. So uh, you're going to ask yourself this question. You're going to say. Uh, and before I'd say anything, in the Greek, it was the spirit of a serpent. That was what it was likened to. That was the, the serpent spirit to the Greeks was the one that had the, uh, could see the future um, and could see all these things. So you're going to ask yourself these questions as to why would this girl profess them to be preaching the gospel? Why would she tell everyone the spirit of divination? Why would that spirit in her recognize that they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, follow them, and continue to say this? What was the point of that? Do you know?
1: Mm -mm.
0: What do you think though? So if you, and let's put it this way, if you are doing something that is wrong, right? If you have this ability to do something you shouldn't be able to do and you have a spirit in you and someone comes along preaching the truth and you sidle up to that person and say, oh yeah, listen to them. They're preaching the gospel. They're telling the truth. What's Um, that going to do for your standing?
1: make you look like, you know, what ah, there it
0: is. So it's, what, what's happening here is this girl's got this spirit in her and she starts professing. The spirit is professing because it knows these men are of Jesus. And if I profess that they're of Jesus, then that gives me validity. It makes me look like I have this spirit as well, because I'm telling the truth. I always tell that that's my job. Right. Um, so it's interesting here that Paul, and what's the words there? It says he, he gets, uh, he gets aggravated with her.
1: But Paul being grieved. Right.
0: So it says grieved in the Greek here. Um, but if you do a word study there, Paul, is get he just gets annoyed. He absolutely gets annoyed that he knows that there's a spirit in this girl. And it's just, yeah, it's telling the truth, but it is using the gospel for its own glory and gain. And he gets so aggravated with it that he says something here.
1: And being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out
0: the same hour. Uh, yes. Yeah. So very interesting to, to point out there is that Paul did not speak to the girl. He spoke to the spirit in the girl. Um, so a lot of times we we read these stories in the scriptures and we think, oh, that's just, that's that doesn't happen anymore. Absolutely. I still think these things happen in life. I think when we, you know, We see these people out here who claim to have psychic abilities and all these extra special talents and all these things that people profess that they have. It's very possible that they have a spirit in them that is telling them things, that is uh, revealing um, some partial truth to them. Uh, Because in this instance, Paul doesn't speak to the girl. He speaks to that spirit because he's annoyed with it. And in the same hour, it says the spirit comes out of the girl. Now what happens?
1: And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. Ah,
0: so here we are. We're in a Roman city. Um, and the uh, the guys, he just cast the spirit out of their moneymaker. I mean, this little girl was making money for them, young woman, whatever she was. She was making money for them with the spirit of divination. Paul cast it out. And now she's unable to do that. She's unable to divine anything. Um, and so they are upset. So they lay, they grab onto them and they drag them. So they're going to take them to the courts. Now, this is really interesting. And I don't know if this is where it comes from in our current... Um, vernacular, but we always say the court of public opinion. We say that a lot, right? So in this city, the court was actually near the marketplace so that the public could hear any accusations or anything that came up. It really was truly a court of public opinion. The people would gather around. So these men are angry and and the accusation that they make against Paul is not that he cast out the demon from the girl that we were using to make money. It's something different. What does he say?
1: These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city.
0: Ah, these Jews over here. These men being, we're Romans, these Jews have come in here, and they are troubling our city.
1: And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans.
0: Right, so uh, the real interesting thing about this city is it was planned by uh, Julius Caesar, and um, it was enlarged by Augustus. And these were, this group were called free Romans. The people in this city were free Romans, which means they did not pay any tribute to Rome itself. They were Romans, but they didn't pay any tribute to the Romans, um, to the city of Rome. So it's interesting that the argument here is, is that they're teaching us laws that are not lawful for us to keep because we're Romans. But this was a free city. They really kind of did what they wanted. They were not bound to Rome. Um, They were able to do what they wanted. And it, it's just, it's a crazy accusation. Um, they're teaching customs, right? So he's hes accusing them basically of coming in and teaching Torah and teaching the law um, to the people. And we shouldn't have to listen to that because, you know, we're, we're Romans.
1: And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. So
0: the magistrate, I'll cut you off real quick. Magistrate here are the commanders of the army. So the city has an army, and the magistrates are the commanders of this army. Um, And uh, they're just really incensed against them. So they they raise up, um, they tear off their garments, and they go after them.
1: Who Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and every one's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors opened, he drew out his sword, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are, are all here." Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. All
0: right, so let's stop right there for a second. You know, read on through that. That was good. Sorry. No, that was good. You got to a good spot in that. So we got them. They're thrown in prison here, right? And they are beaten for the gospel. And this is something that I think is it can go without saying, but it needs to be said um, that oftentimes following uh, Jesus uh, costs you something. There are consequences that that come along with believing. Um, in Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians, um, chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25. Paul speaks to this, and he says, three times I was beaten. I was stoned for the gospel. I was shipwrecked on an island for the gospel. So, you know, when we, in our lives, when the uh, things around us get a little bit uncomfortable and we want to make it, oh, they're persecuting me because I'm a Christian. Um, no, these, they, these guys knew what it was to be persecuted. They knew what it was to be beaten uh, with a reed, a stick. They knew what it was to be stoned. Um, they knew what it was to be a castaway on an island. And all of this was because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing, but it it carried a weight to it. Um, And it still does today in the world. There are people still suffering because they believe in this man named Jesus. You imagine that someone would beat you up simply for the fact that you believe in someone named Jesus. Someone who could save the world. Um, People really don't like that idea. The Romans are very defensive about their national worship. Um, they had multi, they had multiple gods and different entities for all kinds of different things. And they're very defensive about people coming in and preaching against that because these are old traditions. Um, and this is very, I honestly, I'm not going to point anything out, but this is very much the root of traditions in the world today. Um, a lot of our traditions come from the Roman Catholic Church. They come from the city of Rome. They're very steeped in their traditions. They don't like to give up a tradition. doesn't matter. It's in the face of truth. A truth can come out and a truth can stand up and say, this is the truth. And they're going to say, but this is our tradition. And uh, so that's what fall up. Paul had to face here, was this tradition that was thrown up. He was Now they're cast into prison. Um, and interesting, if we were cast into prison today, I think many of us would, if there was an earthquake and the, and the chains fell off and the, the gate opened up, um, we'd be gone. We'd be gone. I don't think any of us would stick around for that because we would want to get out of that and we'd want to leave quickly. But even in this situation of being beaten, they found joy in that and they praised God for that. Um, and beyond that, there was a man there. There was a man at the gate who was watching over them. As they were in jail. And uh, the reason they did not flee was because of that man. They didn't, I don't know if Paul knew this. I don't know if they even knew they should wait, but they stayed. And that man went to kill himself because he realized that the gate was open. They've gone. I, what am I going to do? Um, I think in one of the other chapters we had read, um, they were, remember when Peter, I believe when Peter got out of jail, those guys that were guarding the jail were put to death. Um, if you were a guard and your prisoner escaped, it cost you your life. You did not to get away from it. Um, and so in this instance, this man is going to kill himself, and he's going to take his own life because he's so grieved that these prisoners have escaped and I'm not paid attention. And I really want to hit this next part again, so I want to make you read it
1: one more time. What? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house.
0: All right. So what he's saying here, and I want to make sure everybody understands, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved and thy household. So what they're doing is is they're telling him how to be saved, and they're also giving him a bit of prophecy that his whole house would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ because he believed. Um, So many times I can't say... Um, If you're in a relationship with someone and you're the believer and they're not, that's tough. I get it. Um, If you're a husband and your wife and your children don't believe, but you do, I understand that's a difficulty. If you're a wife and you believe and your husband doesn't, I understand that's a difficulty. That's really a tough thing to do. Um, But God offers your family mercy, a little bit more mercy and grace because you're in it. And uh, my encouragement to you is to never give up. Never give up showing the love of Jesus to those around you because that love is the same as the love that is provided here for this man. If you will believe here, you and your whole household will be saved. And they're saved. Continue on.
1: And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. he, He and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeants, saying, let those men go.
0: So interesting, I just want to, this is fantastic. So here you have a man who's, who's guarding these men who are criminals, according to his own magistrates and, and government there. He, uh, they, he thinks they flee, and he goes to kill himself. He's going to kill himself. And they preach to him this gospel of salvation. And they tell him, if you will believe, everyone in your house will be saved as well. And then he goes on to preach the gospel to him, preach it to his household, and everyone is saved. And the gospel is so impactful upon this man. What does he do? He takes them down to the river and he washes the very wounds on their back where they've been beaten and they're bloodied. He washes them. And after he's done washing them, he asks them and he's baptized, probably with his whole family. They're all baptized. That is the power of the living God, that he could take someone who's—this man, there's no indication in the Scripture this man ever heard anything— about God, the God of the Israel, the God of the Jews. He doesn't he, no indication there at all that he knew anything about that. But after hearing the gospel preached to him, the, the Holy Spirit of God weighed upon him so heavily that he saw himself now. He's, instead of being the guard, he's the servant. Let me, let me help you. You've saved me. Let me tend to your, your wounds um, and his household. So th- that is a, a fantastic example of the power of God to change someone.
1: And when it was day, the magistrates sent the surgeons, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this, saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily. But let them come themselves and fetch us out. (laughs) This
0: is... I'm telling you, I, I don't. I've never met Paul. I can't wait to meet Paul because this guy was amazing. So you've been beaten, right? You've been thrown into prison. The magistrates had you thrown in there. Apparently, somewhere along the way, they decided to let you go. As oh, long as go ahead and do it. We're going to kick you out of the city. We want nothing to do with you. And Paul, Paul says, wait a minute. Hang on a second. You're going to beat us up, and you're going to throw us into prison. Then you're going to try and kick us out of the city. Right? Nay, verily. Nay, verily. I love that. Nay, ver- He's like, no, not going to happen. No. If they want us, they can come down here and get us.
1: No. No, let him come and fetch us out. Uh, yes,
0: they're going to be fetched. Come fetch us out. So, Paul is—I'm telling you—the guy is just—he's—it's amazing. It's amazing the things that he—he's got
1: a little bit of an attitude.
0: He does, and uh, but but he—he's wanting to stand for truth, right? And that's the most important thing because you've stood us in front of the the uh, court of public opinion and you've ridiculed us and just you've trying to shoo right, us away and you beat us and now you want to show us away like we were wrong all along. And so I think here he's taking the. Uh, the emphasis to say, if you want to you want us to leave, come and get us yourself, and then we'll have that conversation
1: and the surgeons told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city, and they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed.
0: So here we got uh, the story again. We went back in a few chapters. If you've listened so far, we know Paul uh, often claimed to be Roman because of where he was born. Um, and so here it's this idea: it wasn't Romans were not supposed to do that. They were not supposed to beat Romans. They were not supposed to crucify Romans. They were. It wasn't you didn't treat Roman citizens like that. There was there was a bit of. Um, prestige that went along with being a Roman. And so Paul put the fear in them by saying, Oh, you've beaten Romans. So you come down here and you talk to us. And then I'm sure when they came down, Paul really laid it for him, you know, laid it out for him that you've, you've really done if this gets back to Rome. May, you know. um. So, and then he's out and they go down to Lydia and, and uh, they're, they're good. So that's the end of chapter 16. Uh, we really hope you continue to follow along with us. Pray for us. I would ask, um, to anyone listening to this podcast that you will continue to pray for us that, uh, the Lord really provide us with the time uh, for study, the time to present, do the podcast, and uh, the real passion to continue on. I think we've we haven't done this in maybe a week or two, and we really we're sitting here and we're just having a good time and we're enjoying um, the Word of God and being in the, in the spirit of the Lord and knowing um, that all truth uh, originates through Jesus and that the gospel was of the utmost importance. So uh, next week we'll be going over um, Acts chapter seventeen. Um, please continue to follow along. Share this podcast and these episodes with your friends and family. If you are under quarantine, go back to episode one and just start listening all the way through. And uh, hopefully you'll get caught up and you'll have a good time. So we'll catch you next week.
1: Bye.